Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the win. Welcome back to the Howl here on Dash Radio's Nothing But That Channel. And we're going to touch on the Wolves' most recent and very satisfying win against the Pelicans. Lots to touch on this game. Uh, to start off, though, we definitely have some statistics to kind of go over and things like that. Thank you for everyone tuning in to this episode. Now, how about this? The Wolves' defense, including this game, out of the, let's see, out of the last seven games, uh, five times they have held their opponent to under 100 offensive rating. Six times they have held their opponent under 100 points. Five times they have held them under 40 or over 40 percent shooting or under 40 percent shooting, and six times they have held their opponent to under 30 percent from the three. How about that? You want to talk about improved defense? That's it right there. And that's a good uh, kind of a jumping off point for me. Is is we want to talk about the fact that I've seen people discussing the possibility of do we trade? for Ben Simmons. And if we do, are we willing to include a player like Pat Beverly? I'm sorry, but why would I even want to consider that? Just doesn't make sense to me. This team is not as good as it is. This team is not as improved on defense as it is if we get rid of Pat Beverly. And I know a lot of people ripped me when I originally said that prior to the season. I said, I want Patrick Beverly here. I think that he brings an element to the game and to the team that Ben Simmons isn't going to bring. I do think Ben Simmons is an amazing defender. I get that. But is he a guy that's going to make everyone else better around him? Is he going to be able to bring that energy and bring that type of a... I, I guess I don't know the, the right word I'm looking for here, but I don't see Ben Simmons making the same kind of impact that Patrick Beverly does. And we've I think we've seen that in the way that his teammates treat him, a little bit at least. You, there's no way a team is going to treat Patrick Beverly the way they've treated Ben Simmons. And Pat Beverly wouldn't, would never stand for it anyways. To me, they're completely different players. And what they bring to the table are, yes, good defense, but they impact the team in different ways. And Patrick Beverly is the guy that needs to be here. And if it's up to me, he's here long term. 
Now, coming into this Pelicans game, the Wolves' defense, their last three games, 38% was the opponent's field goal percentage, 8.3 steals per game, 8.3 blocks per game. They are absolutely dominant on the offensive end. So they've been able to win some games this year when they just didn't seem to have it clicking on offense. That's how good their defense has been, which is great. So if they can figure out how to be consistent night in and night out offensively, this is a team that, I mean, the sky's the limit for this team. I mean, they absolutely have the chance to really do some damage in the Western Conference and make the playoffs, maybe make a run. You just don't know. But again, consistency on offense is going to be the key there because there's going to be some teams, and we've seen it when we play the Clippers, there's some teams that are so good offensively that it just doesn't necessarily matter how good your defense is. Of course it makes a difference, maybe let's say in terms of the total score, but against certain teams, they have players that are going to get theirs. And if you can't get yours as well, that's when you're going to struggle. What about when you play teams that are really good defensively on their on their own? You know, So now they're going to be stopping you a little bit. You need to have guys that consistently produce. You need a Paul George. You need somebody that's going to step up every single game. And usually one of the big three steps up, but one guy's not going to get the job done. You need one or two guys from the starting unit, and then you also need a few bench guys. And our bench has been up and down. It started the season with you know the first however many games we were, I believe, number one in the league, and that went down, and now it seems like it's going in the right direction again. In terms of efficiency here, uh, the thing I want to keep in mind about this is last three games, offensive efficiency, Wolves first in the NBA at 125, defensive efficiency first in the NBA at 98.3, net rating 26.7, first in the NBA. So that's really setting the tone. On top of that, we have now on the season held 10 opponents under 30% three-point, only two opponents have shot above 40%. That's coming into this most recent game against the Pelicans. So very, very impressive. And then finally, points per game from catch and shoot. Wolves are fifth in the league at 31. So 31 points per game from catch and shoot. Very impressive there. And there's room for improvement in some of these in some of these games too. We shoot the most three-pointers, I believe, in the NBA, but we are not very high in terms of makes. If we can find a way to change that, things look a lot different. The two main players that have hurt us are Malik Beasley and D'Angelo Russell, and that should tell you a lot because those should be two of our best defenders, or sorry, best offensive players. But the this season, at least, we've seen a number of games where no matter how wide open they are, they just don't hit the shot. So consistency is going to be what changes that. So we'll dive now into the Pelicans game. Remember, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, and this is The Howl, your source for all things Timberwolves. All right, so talking Wolves-Pelicans. Cat uh, early in the game, gets a foul call, and hooray is my first thought. I'm thinking, all right, maybe this is going to be a game where Cat finally starts to get calls inside. And Towns is absolutely dominating early. He himself is up 6-2. to two. The frustrating thing when you play this team is the Pelicans have uh, Jonas Valanciunas, and man, that guy is strong inside, whether it's rebounding, whether it's post moves. He has a lot that he can do. Also, he leads the league in three-point shooting. He doesn't shoot very much, and so one of the things people talk about is, do you want to find a way, if you're the Pelicans, to have some sort of way to get him the ball more for three-point shots because it's not a big emphasis in their game plan. 
one thing you see with Carl Towns, for example, is in transition. You do one of those plays where I'm dribbling the ball down, Towns is behind me, and as you dribble up, you kind of set a screen and then turn and, and flick him the ball in transition, and he takes that top of the key wide open three, something along those lines. Wolves did that multiple times in this game. I'm surprised the Pelicans don't implore something like that. That just is an interesting thing to watch if you're a Pelicans fan. So when we play them again, I'm definitely going to see if they start to make adjustments at some point during this season to maybe make that more of an emphasis. Uh, Jonas Fowles Towns should be his second foul early in the game and no call. Absolutely ridiculous. It felt like in the first half it was going to be another one of those nights where the Wolves really got the raw end of officiating and there were multiple points in this game where that was definitely the case. Uh, effort on both ends is once again amazing to start this game. And for the Wolves, they're now up 11-4 to with 8 to go. We've seen that over this stretch of winning games, is the energy to start games has been off the charts. If they can continue this, it's going to make all of the difference. If you have a big lead to start off, it gives you a little bit more wiggle room. That's just it. If you start off slow, it doesn't take much for you to be down you know, 10-15 points early on. Vando gets called for a foul, and this is so weird. He boxes out a guy... That guy then throws him out of the way. The other guy falls in the process, and it's a foul on Vando. How exactly does that work? I Just very frustrating at times in this first half. Uh, Towns, though, up to 10 points, and the Wolves are up 16-9 to with six minutes to go in the first quarter. Wolves move to the bench a little, and things start to get very, very sloppy. Uh, two really bad live ball turnovers and give the Pelicans four easy points. Edwards with a Beasley miss. And this starts to get pretty ugly on both ends all of a sudden, which is unfortunate. And then uh, Jaden already with a foul. He barely has been in the game, which is unfortunate to see. An 11-4 run just like that for the Pelicans, who are right back in this. So far, Beasley getting wide open looks, but just doesn't have it, unfortunately. D'Lo, meanwhile, takes his first D'Lo shot, and all I can say is yuck. Those shots are going to continue to frustrate me no matter what. And now I want to talk about this. This is a stretch of basketball. And I might even post the video if I can if I can find it and break it down and kind of cut it, just this section. But there was a point in this game, and this is probably the worst officiating for a full stretch that I've ever seen. So D'Lo drives in, gets fouled by Willie Hernan Gomez, no call. Pelicans push transition fast break, and they get an and and there's an easy charge call, or at least there should be, but instead of it being a charge, even though Brandon Ingram shoves Prince to the ground. They call it a block. Now they call a lane violation to give Ingram another shot. And it, it felt like the, there was an agenda here when I'm watching this game at this stage of the game because it was there was no rhyme or reason to the referees being able to be this terrible on both ends of the court. And just like that, uh, now the refs are tied with the Wolves, 24-24. Uh, the refs, however, were not done as Nas with a great box out and then the Pelicans are allowed to undercut his legs and push him out of bounds with no call. Then Beasley drives, scores to get the league back. He is also fouled. He gets clearly shoved, no call. And is that where it ends? Unfortunately, no. Uh, the awful quarter ends as Nas gets an impressive dunk, and he is shoved midair. And again, no call. The Wolves are down 29-28 to to the Refikins after one quarter. Jaden gets the Wolves back up with a three early in the second quarter, and that is three of his last five shots from three. That's a step in the right direction. If he can get to 
one of the things Jim Pete likes to talk about is being shot ready. And Jaden McDaniels has started to do that more, and so have other players. Jaden, when he's shot ready, he seems to be really, really effective. So as far as that catch-and-shoot three, hopefully that can continue. Con- uh, speaking of continuing, Prince is able to continue his streak of good play with energy and great defense so far in his latest stint. And let me say this, do not let Josh Okogie take away his minutes when Josh is finally healthy. It needs to be the Torian Prince show. I want to keep seeing the Prince of Threaves. And also, that nickname is going to stick. I'm going to make it stick. Somehow, some way, it is going to happen. Beasley finally breaks through from three, and the Wolves are up 38-31. 14-12, the Wolves bench leading so far, 9-30 to go in the second. Moving on, B, um, new quarter. Same bad officials, unfortunately. That was a little frustrating. Uh, Wolves, though, end a 12-0 run with a ton of sloppy play on both ends, careless passing, no boxing out, and it's back to a five-point game. So it's just one of those things where the Wolves in this game had some stretches where they weren't consistent. And I'll say this. I I really appreciated the Wolves and how they fought through some really bad officiating at stretches. If they were playing a better team, I don't know that they could have done this. And that's what's tough in some of the losses this year. A good example would be that Suns game where they did everything they possibly could, and unfortunately the NBA wanted the Suns to win. There's not much you can do there, and you just kind of have to move on. So it helps when you're playing a bad team. You can find a way to get past that. Uh, Beasley drives, and instead of passing to a wide-open Towns, thinks he'll succeed double-teamed, loses the ball, and as usual, a live ball turnover means a fast break and the Pelicans score. Could have easily been the Wolves up 11, but instead, we are now up just six. Plays like that, those selfish plays, whether it's Beasley, whether it's D'Lo, whoever, we cannot continue to have those show up in our offensive game. Towns up to 15, though. Good to see him be effective in the post. Really impressive footwork in this game. Hopefully he can keep that up. Uh, Jaden looks so good on both ends. Super aggressive. This was definitely one of, if not his best, games of the season so far. Ant then joins the party with an Ant 1, and he has his backup double digits, now up 11 after the free throw make. It is up 11, 325 to go in that first half. Vando a bit over-aggressive on defense, and he has three fouls now. And it was it was really a foolish foul. They're running in transition, and it's one of those plays, kind of like you see when a player gets like angry, and then they get overly aggressive on defense. It was kind of like that. He wasn't angry. He just was just a little too intense on that play. Unfortunately, got into foul trouble then. Catho up to 18 after he hits a wide-open three. Uh, Jonas gets his third foul. And it's a pleasant surprise to me whenever Towns gets a call. Although the second one only called because it missed. I don't like what that the NBA refs do that. It's either a foul or it's not. And it's not a foul when a guy misses. That There's no rule in the league that says this is a foul because that's always going to be one of my pet peeves when watching the NBA or any, any league. I don't like when fouls are determined by some officials saying, all right, if this goes in, it's not a foul. If it doesn't, it is a foul. Let's just get rid of that. I don't know what the deal is there, but let's just get rid of it. I, I just don't need that. 60-46, uh, to 46, though, the Wolves are up with a minute to go in the first half. Cat go, gets absolutely hammered inside, and I love he stays calm because he is dominating this game. And he, it seemed to me, he said, I don't, I'm not even going to let the refs get in my way. This is a game that I am going to just find a way to will us to victory. 64-48, uh, to 48, the Wolves up 16, biggest lead of the game. Pelicans ball to end the half, though, maybe? But the Wolves get lost on defense. Pelicans score easily, but the Wolves answer right back, and they race to the end, 66-50 to at the half. 
already 23 points for Carl Towns. That was a fantastic first half. Do I think at this point he was going to be in the 40-plus uh, category? I did. It, it seemed like that was the type of game that we were looking towards. But, of course, you always run into the question, what's going to happen towards the end of the game? Are we going to be up by so much that we end up pulling our starters? That's always a question, too. How about this? Looking at the – they call this the stats made easy on Bally, and this was the first game where the Wolves led in every single category. So – 52.9 effective field goal percentage to 46.5 for the Pelicans. Points off turnovers were up 23 to 6. Second chance points 14 to 8. And free throws 14 to 10. We were 12 of 14. They are 10 of 10. So let that sink in how impressive it was to be able to lead all those categories. That's a lot of those hustle points. That's how you're going to win basketball games in some instances. It's just being the more aggressive team. Uh, Wolves in the second half come out swinging. The lead is up to 21. And Vando is a man possessed yet again. Offensive rebounding for him is absolutely on fire. Uh, Jonas gets his fourth foul early, and he sits still 11 minutes to go in that third quarter. D'Lo, his second D'Lo shot of the game. We're noticing he is starting to cut back on those. It's good to see. And eventually, hopefully, he can just get those out of his game you know, to for good. Although, I will say this. If, if D'Lo's on fire, it doesn't completely bother me when he takes, say, one or two of those. But ultimately, I'm just not a fan of heat-check shots, whether it's D'Lo and Beasley, whoever. I just don't think heat-check shots are the answer. I I just don't. Although, on this team currently as assembled, the only guy that's proven when he's on fire, he can make shots, and, and I, I feel as though he should probably take them as Ant. When Ant is on fire this season, he's on fire and nothing's stopping him. And we've seen that time and time again. Uh, Vando, though, fakes... A guy lands on his back, and it's not a foul somehow. Of course, it leads to another live ball turnover and a fast break three. The lead is now down to 16. At this stage, I'm thinking to myself, please don't let this be another one of those games where the referees have a giant impact. That's where I thought felt at this point because the first half was awful, and I'm so worried about the second half. Of course, the positive is you know, Jonas has four fouls. They're willing to call fouls. It could be a lot worse. A talker throughout this game, as again, uh, Jim Pete mentions this, why doesn't Ant get foul calls? There's always things like uh, you got to be more aggressive. That's always one thing you hear people say when players aren't getting fouls. Ant, Ant's very aggressive. Ant's extremely aggressive. He he makes referees of, aware of the contact. He kind of does that Shabazz Muhammad yell. And they're, they're clearly fouls. And at this stage in his career, Ant's already a star. He's very close to being a superstar. There's no excuse right now for the league to do this. Of course, there's always going to be the talking point. Is it because it's in Minnesota? I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take for players on this team to get fouls. We'll see if, if anything changes at some point. But Anthony Edwards' game would be so much different if he got the foul. I bet, I bet every game there's three to four fouls minimum that aren't called as he drives. The league has to take notice of that. Somehow, there has to be a change there. And, and when that comes... Now the Wolves are even that much more effective. So we'll see. Uh, the Wolves' defense, though, phenomenal yet again. 15 Pelicans turnovers, only six for the Wolves. And the Wolves are back on a run, now up 24, their biggest lead of the game, and they are on an 8-0 run. Is it too early to say Pat Bev better end his career here? We talked about it earlier. I'm not, I'm not willing to include Pat Bev in a Ben Simmons trade. I just won't. And ultimately, I want Pat Bev to be here I don't know if long-term is the right word, just because I don't know how many more years he's going to play, 
but I'd love it if he ended his career here. Absolutely would love it. He's the vet guy that can help your team for years to come. He can help your young guys grow. He is the type of player that can really set in stone the way a team plays on the court and how they act off the court. He can really foster that type of an environment, which you love to see. Edwards misses another open three. He just seems a bit off in this game, but he's taking good shots and he's not forcing things, and that's what you love to see. Same for D'Lo. Both guys have combined four makes in the game, only 13 total points, but it was very clear they were having a positive impact in this game. And that's we've seen that time and time again from D'Lo, where he's not scoring, but whether it's his defensive effort, whether it's his leadership, he finds a way to impact the game and impact the team on the court. Uh, Beasley also misses another open three. He's now one of six, and I'm pretty sure almost all of those, if not all of those, were wide open. But the Wolves continue to dominate despite so many main pieces just not having their shots in this game. D'Lo gets his third D'Lo shot. Again, just bugs me, when, especially at this point, because we had really started to go sl- kind of slow down and get cold on offense, and he does that, and it's just so frustrating. Just slow it down and have a good possession. This is nitpicking. I think this is very much nitpicking because D'Lo has been really good this year. But, and he started to, by the way, cut down on D'Lo shots. So I feel like we've gotten to a good point with him on this team. But still, there's still, every so often we see plays like this that just kind of are head scratchers. You say to yourself, what what was he thinking? Uh, The Wolves, though, up 89-69 after three. But the Wolves didn't end the quarter very well. Uh, 26 points, though, off of, how about this for the game, I should say, 26 points off 19 Pelicans turnovers is the difference, and 24 second-chance points. You want to talk about how you win games? That's how you do it. Early in the fourth, and it is back to 17. The Pelicans came back from a big deficit against the Clippers last week. The Wolves have to get back on track to avoid having that happen to them. They get 15, and just like that, Finch calls a timeout. One thing I will say about Finch, and I've had issues with previous coaches, whether it was Ryan Saunders, whether it was Tom Thibodeau, you, you know, go down the list. We've had some coaches that just didn't seem to understand when to call a timeout, but it was very clear. Uh, so far in the season, Finch, is, he understands timeouts. He understands plays outside of timeouts. Unfortunately, out of the timeout, it's more of the same. The Wolves missing wide open shot after wide open shot. D'Lo has absolutely nothing in this game offensively, including confidence as he ends up passing up a wide open three. So not only... Do we get D'Lo shots in this game? You know, we're up to three at this stage, but also he's passing up wide open shots. I mean, that's just not, that's not success. That's not the recipe for success. Uh, Edwards went for the poster, but he does get fouled. Clearly a foul, but it gets challenged. Uh, Thankfully, the referees did their job. They lose this challenge as they should. It was clearly a foul. I have no idea what they were challenging. It was super weird. Uh, Edwards, though, with an impressive make from three, and just like that, the Wolves finally get back on the board from three. Right now, at this stage, the Wolves are 2 of 20 from 3 in the half, but still luckily to be up 21 points and then 23 after another cat drive. This talks about the importance of starting strong. If you start off strong, you can withstand team runs. You can withstand bad officiating. You have a little more room to breathe, and then when you pick things back up, you're, you're able to keep that lead, which was good to see in this game. Edwards, um, you know, Another three to get the game, not from 23, all the way up to 26 was the lead. Ant looks like he could be in Ant mode, ready to just absolutely take over. He hits another three. He's up to 16 now. D'Lo, meanwhile, one of nine from three in the game. Yikes, make it one of 10. This was a little frustrating and tough to watch. Jaden, on the other hand, though, so impressive. 10 points, seven boards, one of his best games of the year. And the Wolves bench does end up coming in with 2.30 to go. 
after Ant full court drive and dunk, and the Wolves are up 22. This game is over. Although I will say there's not much to talk about in that final stretch, although there was a nice play where Leo made a really nice pass to Nathan Knight. Those are two of my favorite Wolves players to watch, and ultimately uh, the Wolves do get the job done and win this one. Final score in this one is 110-96. I would actually argue that the score makes it seem like it was closer than it really was. Let's take a look at the box score just to go over some of the final numbers. Anthony Edwards had a team high, plus 27, 18 points. He was, you know, not great shooting, 6 of 16, uh, 3 of 9 from 3, but 7 rebounds, you'll take that. 3 steals and a block and an assist, those are all great numbers. You love seeing that. Carl Towns, of course, leads the way, 28 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, and a block. Patrick Beverly, always getting it done with 10 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals, and 2 blocks. So much to like there. And then our do-everything man, the guy that really has been a massive difference maker on the season, Jared Vanderbilt, I think this might have been a season high, 16 points, adding in 11 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals. So much to like about him. We talked about D'Angelo Russell struggling. 3 of 16 from the field. Malik Beasley, 3 of 10. And combined, they were a 3 of 13 from the three-point line. That's just not going to get it done. A little frustrating to see. But to play as well as we did when our two, two of our best shooters didn't have it, very impressive. That's the kind of game you're looking for. For the Pelicans, honestly, just not a whole lot to touch on. Josh Hart was efficient. I guess you could say just being that he was the only guy that shot okay. He was 5 of 9. Valanciunas was 5 of 12. Not exactly great. Overall, the Wolves really dominated this one. The leading scorer actually was Willie Hernan Gomez, who I got to give him credit, actually. He was very good in this game. I thought he did a great job. You know, when Jonas was in foul trouble, he was able to step up. Uh, a lot to like about him. And how about this? This is crazy. Willie Hernan Gomez, a plus 17 in the minutes he played. He finished with 19 points and 11 rebounds. I mean, think about that, a plus 17 in the minutes that he played. I mean, that's, that's better than D'Angelo Russell, and D'Angelo Russell won. So let that kind of sink in. That's going to do it for this edition of The Howl. Of course, if you missed any of our show on Dash Radio's Nothing But a Channel, make sure you listen on podcast form. We're available everywhere podcasts are found, whether it's iTunes, Podient, Stitcher, Castos. We are available on all those different locations. And until next time, let me get a howl.